Today we're sitting down with Winky Moon, yogi, herbalist, Ayurvedic and elemental medicine practitioner and founder of Cocoon Room, a space in which through self-care systems and tools such as pulse, tongue readings, body work, and a plethora of herbs, you'll get a feel for what's actually running through your veins. Were the hipsters trying to tell us something when almost every song written mentioned home in it about 50 times? Regardless, I think we've all known for quite a while now that this has been a long time coming. Home, not in the sense of having a roof over your head, but being comfortable in your own bones. And you know, we want that roof over our head. We want to live under our roof. And boy, is that hard to do these days. If you don't have something, well, honey, you're bound to get it. I found Hoinky because of her gua sha's and stayed for, well, all that she is and shares. Let me tell you, this lady's a fire, water, ether, air, belly breather, flows like a yogi, plays like a child, loves her horses as much as I do, and truly lives from the inside out. And she reminds us that this vessel we're in is one of joy and strength and courageous beauty for all that it gives. If there's one thing I've taken away from this episode, if there's one thing that I'm just, you know, preaching to myself every single second of every single day, it's to protect your calcifer. If you know, you know, and if you don't, well, then I'd say Netflix has been taking up way too much of your time. Hashtag Kaomizaki. This is Entertaining the Absurdity with Winky Moon. A quick heads up. We're dealing with an overseas conversation here, so the audio may reflect this. Coming to you from California in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Um, well, I guess I'm constantly trying to, like, undefine myself (laughs) you know um my profession I guess I'm just kind of like a general witch (laughs) I'd I'd say it's um I don't know I'm like an artist healer type person I run a cocoon room and uh I work with people and their all their bodies (laughs) I also work with uh animals and the earth what does an elemental lifestyle mean to you because looking at your work and your social media and your platform um that's something that comes up a lot and i think just encapsulates exactly what you just said there with what you work with the resources you're pulling from so what does an elemental lifestyle mean to you Mm, i think that for me an elemental lifestyle um, it's just not, not really viewing things as so separate, you know, um, uh, it's really like an engaged participation with, uh, the world, (laughs) I think, um, it's recognizing the elements that are present, uh, outside of our bodies and inside of our bodies and, um, the qualities of those elements and how we can work to balance that and just observe and be curious, you know? How does one come upon their elemental constitution? Well, it's interesting, yeah. Um, everybody's, you know, everyone's different. There's um, the structure of, like, I'm working with um, ether, air, fire, water, and earth, Um And everyone is more dominant in one element, and then they have a secondary 
and a stable, which is sort of like their foundational root of health. Um, and then with that, there's like all kinds of like personality things that go along with it. And, um, you know, if there's one place you're more likely to go out of balance, like say, um, ever since you were a kid, you always got like skin rashes or, um, dealt with like a lot of like inflammatory symptoms. Like that's going to let me know that you're the primary place you go out of balance is your fire element, which is, um, also when you know that you can work it and make it your biggest strength. So it's just, it's just recognizing just sort of, um, what magic we have, you know, and what, um, medicine we're bringing to the world. Uh, I don't know. Is the way that I, uh, sort of, uh, tell if some, somebody's constitution is through their pulse, um, just the energy that they bring in the room, uh, signs on their tongue, their face, reading the tissues, um, there's just so much that goes into it. It's really just taking in like a whole person and, uh, on so many levels. <laughs> Could you give me an example of this? Um, cause say I really wanted to touch on pulse and tongue readings and, um, I've only heard, um, people's experiences through having gone to a practitioner, especially here in Europe. And they, yeah, they had a reading that usually lasted around five to seven minutes um, based upon the Veda Pulse, which is a software module which was originally developed in Russia. And but it's that that takes um, the traditional medium of pulse and tongue readings and has just basically translated it into a software. How do you do you work with something similar to this or do you still ha keep it very traditional? Yeah, I'm pretty traditional. I um I I've studied Ayurveda for the past um, five or six years now. Um, it's not all that I'm informed by. I was um, really also taught by my grandmother who was uh, had a background in Western herbalism. Um, but yeah, when I'm getting on somebody's pulse, I'm getting I'm reading three pulses: um, the fire and water, the ether and air, and the water and earth. And each of those pulses has, in Ayurveda, has seven, seven layers. And uh, the foundational layer is somebody's birth pulse, so the way that your blood was flowing through your veins when you took your first breath. Um, my teacher, I've heard her call it your, someone's blood song, which I think is really beautiful. And my background is really in, like, visual arts and stuff, too. So when I'm reading somebody's pulse, like, I'm feeling also in music. So it's like... When I'm reading someone's pulse, I'm, like, feeling the rhythms on these different um, positions and layers, um, seeing the quality of the rhythm and just kind of the energy that that brings up for me and checking with the client to see if that resonates. And then sometimes images come forward or I'll be like, ooh, that rhythm kind of reminds me of this animal um, and thinking about the energy of that animal. And with these sorts of things, there's symptoms associated with these uh, rhythms and depending on where I find it, I can get a little Nancy Drew with my client and really uh, track down some uh, acute or chronic diseases. You know, so it's just something that's throwing us out of balance, creating less ease in our life. And thusly, like in, always, inversely, like that's where we can see where we can really work something and make it turn it into somebody's greatest strength. And have you yeah. have you found that? Um the results 
always resonate with the client or have there been cases where they felt like it didn't align with who they felt they were? What are usually the next steps to helping the client kind of formulate that next step? Well, yeah, the client, usually it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm just, I'm really trying to, I'm never trying to give someone a story that's not theirs. I'm always just like, I'm just throwing this stuff out here. You tell me what you think. This is what I'm witnessing. Um, and so it really is a dialogue. And it's like I'm going on this journey with the client to sort of see what's right for them. Um, I mean, there's always times where I'll be like, oh, uh, like I'm, you know, feeling this. And it's really like um, an interesting exercise in like discerning like, oh, is this like my energy or is this the client's energy? Um, and just clear it, making sure that the space is really clear to just like go in and really direct me like, okay, I'm on uh, level three on the ether and air finger. I'm just seeing like what this person's energy is like, or I'm in the fire and water position, seeing their 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 waste product, or I'm in the uh, water and earth checking their fluids. You know, you know, it's pretty easy to just get on someone's pulse and be like, you know, if they're really spun out, like I'm gonna feel like they're under their vata finger. It's like a tree that's just gotten all of its leaves blown off and it's just like shaking there, you know, I'm like, and I can check with them and say like, wow, like this is what it feels like on your pulse. And they'll be like, Oh my gosh, you know, I've been like just getting like blown around like every which way. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. This, this stuff is really present for us. I mean, how did you, how did you first learn how to read someone's pulse? Well, I've been studying under Deanna Batdorf um, here in Sebastopol for uh, five or six years now. Um, and it's really, you know, she's, it's kind of, it's kind of a dying art in a way because a lot of the really, really traditional um, practitioners, they'll read like uh, a couple levels or they'll be reading for like a push or a block on the pulse. Um but really getting into like all seven levels and actually I just, um, in Tibetan, they have, uh, 14 levels. So, you know, it's really just like honing your craft, trusting your intuition, just using your powers of observation, really, you know, like witnessing just different things outside and like, you know, when I'm working in the garden, I'll just like be like, Oh, the dirt feels like this today. And then I'll be on somebody's pulse and I'll be like, wow, it feels like how my dirt felt in the garden the last Thursday or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I'll just like track back to my body, see what was going on in the weather, like all that stuff, how it was all affecting, you know, everything's connected. That's beautiful. I mean, you sound, you're highly observant. Um, so where does this need to explore rather than using the word wellness, but really just a balanced lifestyle come from and sharing that with and treating and healing others? Well, you know, um, through my own journey of trying to find balance, I've always like, you know, been struggling to and like, really like finding so much power and insight through that struggle um, to just heal the the ways our twisted world twists us up you know in the, the words of my one of my good friends um, Brie White she 
she really reminded me like you know it's really hard not to get twisted up when like we're you know here in the states like working with I mean everywhere you know there's just so much injustice and it really takes a toll on our bodies our earth like we are we our our body is the earth you know and just I guess through my heartache like I really found my love and my my passion to like just be in this body and be in my life and relate to the natural world and just really feel like here (laughs) that makes sense yeah yeah totally um also like I feel like just being an artist like and having like a like a toe in like many different realms I'm like all right let's bring it all together and this work really was like this is how you do that (laughs) yeah quickly touching on um your illustrations as well I mean that's that's an entirely different aspect that I've, I've seen within your practice and where does where does what what's up with the what's with the illustrations like I would love to know the story behind them and the characters and how that has a role to play. Well, I've always just used art as like um, a means to heal myself, also, and um, I've always it just it feels like language to me. <laughs> um, I, you know, I went to art school. My grandmother was an artist and always, like, encouraged me to use my voice in that way. And uh, for me, really, like, excavating my internal world and just exploring, not really excavating, more just exploring and, like, seeing what, like symbols want to be worked with it really teaches me about all right like this stuff's universal let's let's bring it together i don't know like it's always it's 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 interesting because i don't like talking about art that's why i just use it to to heal myself that's why i don't i don't i'm like i uh i am an artist but it's it's more just like, I don't know, like a bodily function. And it sounds like you, from early on, had a support system within your family, or from your grandmother at least, and that she really allowed for that space for you to gain that connection and really cultivate that connection with your gut and intuition. And what was some of your earliest memories come from with like that gut and intuition? Can you... like? kind of navigate it back to a certain event or on a conscious level how have you found it to be present in your life oh that's a good question um let me sit with that for a second um i really i think that's always just been kind of like a self-preservation maybe not maybe it's Yeah, I think initially it was sort of a self-preservation because there was a lot of um, sort of things hidden from me in my childhood. And so I really, like, became 
very interested in truth. <laughs> um, my grandma was always like a huge support to me, but, um, and my mom, but there was like just so much craziness. I was like, all right, what's true? You know, and I just saw the adults like didn't really know what was going on. My grandma had a hold on it, but, um, I wasn't with her all the time. Um, so I really think that through like struggle, I found strength and, you know, have found, developed tools to protect myself. And then I didn't need that, I, that protection anymore. So I'm like, all right, what is this for? <laughs> and, um, I mean, I, I still like do need protection and some like in this world, it's crazy, but I feel like, mm, it's not really about that anymore. It's like more just about creating just more beauty and truth to be seen and revealed. It's like, there's just so much and it gets just so much, so covered up with crap. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's just peel back the layers here, guys, and see what's actually going on. And then it's like, you know, you, you, you pull the Scooby-Doo mask off the thing and it's like, oh, it's just this. It feels so much more manageable. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a roundabout answer. No, I mean, how, how do you peel those layers back? Um, how do you get, if you're kind of hazy in your head and you're just having one of those off days, you're just trying to get to, yeah, you're just trying to like get a read on your intuition. How do you do that? Um, I guess through the breath, really, like the breath I feel like is our first food and I really just want to be able to like sink into my animal, animal body, like nourish it, feel like just my instincts, you know, and like be like, all right, like what smells am I smelling? Like what just really be in my physical body, the, like the, the physicality of it, like is really what it's all about. I, I feel like there's like so much stuff that throws us out, but it's like, really, it's, it's just about coming home. Like we are our home. Oh, breathing, breathing is something I struggle with a lot as well, especially when you feel like people who have the office job or they're either freelance or, you know, just a job that is not that is not about moving about too much and really utilizing the body physically, um, losing that connection with the belly and breathing with diaphragm, it's, it's hard. So do you, do you find that you have clients or just looking at, at our, at, yeah, people in general that, um, we've kind of lost that ability to just breathe properly more so now than ever. Do you, do you find that? Yeah, I do. I feel like that's the main thing that I find. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, you know, there's, there's so many things. And then it just comes back to the breath, really. I mean, as kids, we're told to like, suck it up. And you know, and like, what do we do? It's like, we just hold it in our guts right there, you know, and that's our seat of health. That's our, our sun center that needs to be radiating, radiating, um, and warming our body. So it's like, when we're in these contracted states, we're just like, shutting down the breath, shut, like our head is turning in, we're like sending ourselves straight into a fight or flight response. It's, it's too much. So when I find clients that are working with something like that, you know, um, a remedy that my teacher gave me that is like 
been revolutionary is like when I feel like I'm floating off into the ethers or something, it's like I just go and I get a big rock <laughs> and I put it on my belly and I lay down or I'll, I'll warm it up in the oven or something or my crock pot, put a towel on my belly, maybe some castor oil, and then I'll just put that big rock right on my belly and just hold me down on this earth, please. <laughs> and I just really breathe into the belly and lift that rock and just feel my power expanding from there. And then when I surrender, I can just really feel that rock just coming down and like untying all the knots that have been tied up for decades or whatever, just these learned holding patterns. And so say if someone is in an office, what's, what's more of a tangible um, and feasible oh. step for them to take? Well, I feel like it's really like engaging in these practices, like when we have downtime. So it's like the memory is stored in the body. Um, when you're, when we're in the office, then it's like when we're in the office, it's, we know like, oh, I'm noticing that I'm not taking a breath. Like that space that I created with that rock last night feels more contracted. You know, if we're just in these patterns, we don't even recognize it because our bodies are just so stuck there. You know, it's like, that's the work of the practitioner or like the work of the practice to teach us, you know, how to how to feel in these new ways. I think um, when you're in the office, you know, after doing, you know, being in your practice or whatever, you can be like, oh, I'm noticing like my shoulders are really like tight and I'm crunched over a keyboard and um, I've been my like uh, sacrum's all just messed up from sitting in a chair and like all this stuff. It's like, just taking a second, feeling like, even just thinking about that, I'm like, I just had to take a breath. I'm like, that's too much. <laughs> um, but just like taking a, taking a break, like just, you know, doing a little walking meditation as you go to the, go to the bathroom or go to the water cooler or whatever, you know, and being like, just being like, all right, I'm going to do my little walk over to the cooler. I'm going to walk back to my desk, desk, just reciting this stuff to yourself. So, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm breathing in a long breath. I'm breathing in a short breath and just like really like when we're exhaling too, pushing the breath down into the root, the root. Cause a lot of the time we, when we're, we're noticing that we're not breathing, we bring the breath up really high in the diaphragm, which is heightens our energy and creates more anxiety. So, um, I've been taught in yoga uh, that it's really the emphasis in pranayama is on the exhalation, um, which just automatically draws in the next inhalation with a lot more ease and just so much more naturally. And have you found that there are any benefits at all to chest breathing or are, are there only drawbacks? Mm, no, I think that all, all breath is good breath. <laughs> I think that um, where you can feel the breath is where you can feel the breath. I think if you're feeling it and you're just noticing like, oh, my breath is here, my breath is here, like we can we can do practices with the breath of trying to manipulate it or we can just observe it. So it's really just deciding what, what's up. And if you're noticing that you're not taking a breath, just being like, I'm noticing I'm not taking a breath. You know, just using our powers of observation, being here, 
on this earth. <laughs> yeah, it's, when is it? it's um, I I remember even as a kid, um, in stressful moments, and I would I would pick up on it, or yeah, say my sister would say it, or just my peers in general. I just really remember it was almost kind of like a a weird thing where people would be like, oh. I don't think I don't think I've been breathing for like the past like thirty seconds or so, and um, but even back then I just remember being like, whoa! I didn't even notice it, and I I just stopped breathing, like completely stopped, and you'd catch yourself, and I, that's it's crazy because even as a kid I had a, the a most the most amazing childhood ever, but to think that even then it was still a symptom. Um, yeah, it just it just blows my mind. Um, but a- apart from breath, what other physical practices have you found have the most adverse effect um, on that gut and intuition connection? Food. <laughs> I don't oh know. yeah. I made, I made our uh, self care pyramid, and it's, it's our, our foundational food is breath. <laughs> um, and then we've got sleep, hydration, food, herbs, and outside support. But I think that, like, breath, our thoughts, just nourishing ourselves. Like, food is important. I, I really, like, am all about the food as medicine model. Um, and just looking at, like, also just it's so fun and empowering to be like looking at the qualities of your food, seeing what elements they embody, seeing what energies they embody. Like what, what is like the shape of the grain remind you of, you know what I mean? Like it can be anything. And if it's like, you just start to refine this, like this language within yourself where you're like, Oh, that's wet and white. Like that's definitely like an earth water kind of food or like that's like little like um spicy red thing like that's a fire food fire water food like oh like that little crunchy like spindly leaf like that's definitely like an ether and air food like um and then thinking like okay am I feeling like I'm you know am I feeling like the leaf right now do I need some more grounding like some more root vegetables like wet white or Am I feeling like I need to, like, stir up my fire a little bit? Am I feeling, like, a little, like, down down in the bogs, you know? Um, so I think that, like, just having that kind of – it's just really intuitive and, like, really fun. Like, food just becomes such a chore, I think. Like, and it's – can be, like, that's – it's going to to our fire center to be digested. And then like, that's like, if you think about that radiating sun, like that's light, like that's inspiration. Um, so really just trying to like, I think nourish ourselves on so many levels, like nourish ourselves by the joy that's created when we're inspired by the food that we're cooking and eating and, um, also just like nourishing us on that deep physical level of, uh, getting proper nutrients, like 
our bodies tell us what we need, but we're just so like, like you said, like we stop and we're like, Oh, I didn't even realize I wasn't taking a breath. We live in this like ether and air, um, fire and water dominant society. Um, and we're just totally up blasted out above our heads. And then we need like coming back down to the body. It's like, wow, like I didn't even realize I was hovering over my body. I need to take a breath to come back down in here. It's like finding like the time to like take a breath and like come back down and like be in your body and like play with the like physical quality of your food and like just the also the emotional quality. It's like, oh, like I look at this screen. It reminds me of like it's it has this smell. It reminds me of this time when I was a kid or whatever, you know, like really like all of those things are factoring into how our, how we receive nourishment and how we are in our bodies. Okay, so t- taking a quick pause, what would you currently want to eat right now? Like intuitively, what are you drawn to? Well, it's interesting right now because I'm preparing for a um, three-day uh, Panchakarma uh, retreat with my teacher who's going to be doing uh, three days of body work on me. Uh, there's food. I'm on a special diet right now. I've got a whole self-care protocol because we're really like stirring up the stuff for spring right now. Um, so right now I'm on like a and it's been feeling so good. Like this winter I got so dried out. I did a big move which is very like ether and air like you know like just air is all about change um so i'm right now i'm having like tons of like really like all my food is so wet i can't eat it off a plate it's like (laughs) everything's in a bowl um it's like very demulcent it's got a lot of like spices because i'm like really trying to like just hydrate and also like activate um so yeah i'm working with those like fire water and also um earth and water elements so i mean right now i'm sitting down with a big bowl of uh buckwheat and quinoa and oatmeal and a bun and uh a cashew milk i just made last night my first time making that i just got a vitamix um oh the vitamix yes (laughs) i know the infamous vitamix and uh my I make a little golden milk powder and I just stir that into some of my oats so I'm getting my 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 uh my herbs that way. So I've just been on like soups soups and stews. I always say soup is the most important food group, but there's so many different ways you can you can spin it. So this is yeah, I mean this is this perfectly goes into my next question. What dosha are you? <laughs> um I am, well, I'm so much fire. I'm a pit, I'm a fire water dominant, uh, I, and, uh, ether and air secondary with each, um, sorry, my dog's got her toy. Um, with each element, there's a, there's a guna or rhythm that goes with it. Um, and for my fire and water, I'm a pit hot and, uh, Vata subtle. So Pitta Hot's like really just like a, they're really like a team player. 
that are like kind of like the pressure cooker too. So they just like pile stuff on. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and then, um, and then they're like, oh, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And then they like, they need to take a lot of space to just go back and like chill themselves out, cool down, like take a nap, <laughs> that sort of thing. And then Vata Settles, they're like. They just want to play in the ethers, but they don't go too far away. <laughs> they're like, all right, yeah. I'm, and they're, like, really aware, like, of everything around them. So they're almost, like, awkward because <laughs> they're, like, sussing out, like, every little, like, composition and emotional dynamic and all the little subtle things happening in, in their space. Yeah, yeah, so they're, like, really energetically di- um, designed. Yeah, I, I definitely get that from you. You're just, yeah, you're extremely observant. And it sounds like even as a kid, I mean, yeah. It's, it's weird because I've had guests come on and it's it's like you have that high energy straight off the bat and it carries through in their voice and, um, and just, I don't know, even through the electronics, like you just feel the vibe. And with you, it's like I feel very, there's this resonating steadfastness there's a grounding and I can hear it's like in your voice the essence of your voice yeah and even even the the intonation and the way you talk and like the rhythm with which you speak I just feel very calm I feel very at peace right now um (laughs) yeah I love it oh that's so sweet um I feel so confident now thank you (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I I think everybody's, everyone's got a different medicine, you know, and it's all about just finding what yours is so you can really be in your medicine and like honor that and be confident in that and like serve that. (laughs) I've been joking. My mantra has been just, um, on the back of the hemp milk carton all, all month. It's just been chill and serve. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so what in working with your dosha? What rituals do you make sure that you just need to implement when they can be monthly, weekly, or just in the everyday, but the ones that you're adamant on? Oh, I'm all about my movement practice. Um, I'm all about just staying in my flow, being in my body. Um, I'm all about my food, my breath, uh, my art practice, just being 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 here offering offering all these things that i've been cultivating and back to myself and to share them with others um for me like being a pizza hot about to settle like i could you know there's there's negative and um positive attributes and it's like if we don't work our positive then we get we fall we fall out of balance so um and if we overwork our positive, then we just get burnt out. So it's like, you know, it's really just being present and witnessing. It's like, all right, what am I feeling like right now? Like, <laughs> it's like, it can be so much because like, we're trained to just sort of like, ignore that. It's We're taught that it's like, not safe to be in our feeling body. And it's really like, that's the, the key to our survival. It's pretty, pretty real. Um, yeah, I mean, I focus on nourishing and cooling and being in flow. Everything that supports that. 
And when it comes to cocoon room and you're working with clients and you know you're doing yoga classes and just generally you're treating and like the treatment and healing of others do you feel how do you balance being there and making space for others whilst keeping this flow within your own life is there there do have you found that to be a difficult thing to straddle or does it come quite naturally well it's interesting because it's um it's really like when I am like in a situation where I'm like oh I'm a little out of balance or something. It really just feels like an opportunity to just learn more about my practice. Like I always joke and I'm like, Oh yeah, you don't, you don't want like a Chinese teacher that doesn't speak Chinese. Like inversely, like you don't want a healer type person that, uh, hasn't done a great deal of healing and is like still, uh, invested in that process it's like it's 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 an ongoing thing um for everyone of just like i mean being you're never going to be in balance and stay in balance it's like i like to use the image of just like uh like a circus performer like standing on a ball you know it's sort of like oh like you're just a little step this way a little step that way you know it's always like a little dance happening so it's good for me like being a pit to hot just knowing like okay like I need to tell this person that I can't work with them today because I've had this many clients this week and I need to take some time for me to do some self-care um but in that like I really try and have like one day out of the week where I just don't compromise and I'll like make all my food like do an enema like do a salt scrub like really like just chill like be in my meditation like work in the garden, just not talk, just be, like, in in my body. <laughs> um, and that's that's been, like, that's what gives me the energy to do this, <laughs> really. This, going into um, your post that I kind of became obsessed with, and then I it kind of led into a whole entire rabbit hole of, oh, gua sha, and then the psoas muscle, um, and then the pelvis bowl positioning, and it, it all just kind of, like, spiraled into a rabbit hole of, oh, my gosh, I need I need to have you on and cover so many topics. Um, but I definitely want to cover, first of all, gua sha and how this relates to the psoas muscle because I religiously gua sha every single day, I had no idea that it had an effect on something as deep as this muscle. I had no idea. I never heard of this muscle before, but that it largely dictates the structure of the skeletal stability and its support. Um, And yeah, I mean, if you could take us through that a little bit, what exactly the role of this muscle is, where it's situated. um, And I feel this just really goes back to breathing properly again, like how we can start engaging it. Yeah, I think, well, if I'm remembering correctly, I think that that was a post about um, doing some facial work with the gua sha. I was, yeah. I think I was talking about the relationship between the jaw and the psoas. Um, yeah. So, yeah, when we, it's, this, I might, I've been told that the psoas is like the muscle of control um, that we use to try and, like, control our situation, and um, the jaw is the same way, you know, if we're, like, feeling like, you know, a little, like, 
oh, we need to control something, like oftentimes we'll, there's a holding muscular holding pattern of like clamping down on the jaw and then the shoulders get tight and the psoas gets tight and it's just like a chain reaction, you know. Um, in the same way of like things being like a chain reaction, uh, the lymphatic system is like our first tissue and there's the, t- the tissues are a chain. So the lymph feeds blood, feeds muscles, feeds skin, feeds bone etc. The gua sha is an amazing little tool where, you know, we can use different oils um, specific to what we're trying to achieve, um, different depths, uh, like, like rhythms, like just, you know, playing around. Um, but we can really like break up stagnation in the lymphatic system so that our muscles can get the nourishment that they need. We can like release lactic acid out of the muscle and then flush it, flush it out through our digestive system. Like it's all, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's all like, I keep saying, I feel like a huge dork, but it's all connected. Like, um, and we have so much agency, like just with our own hands to like really heal ourselves. Like, and each other, like, a gua sha is, like, so fun, like, you're just, like, oh, like, we're hanging out in the backyard, it's a beautiful sunny day, like, let's get some, let's infuse some beautiful oils, and, like, gua sha sha each other's backs, like, it's, feels so good, and it's really liberating, like, you'll start to feel, like, when the lactic acid is, like, surfacing out of the muscle, it, like, feels like you're, like, scratching, like, the world's best, deepest itch, like, it's, like, it's really, like, you're just getting, like, just all kinds of just really like trapped trauma out later <laughs> see ya bye you know <laughs> don't need you. you marie kondo like just thank you <laughs> bye <laughs> i feel like this is also maybe something that people can take into consideration um, with concerns to human touch and really reintroducing that into or even introducing that into their lifestyle because it's a dialogue. It's just an entire dialogue that we've lost. Like no one touches anyone anymore. Even between, it doesn't have to be between a lover, but just, you know, a simple shoulder massage. So yeah. so listeners, people, like just go wash out your friend, their, their neck or their back or whatever. Yeah, totally. Yeah, friends that wash out each other, friends that stick together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, there's so much, I mean, like we see, like, there's just so much touch that isn't safe and that people experience, like, there's, nobody talks about, I mean, we're talking about consent now, finally, coming back to touch and, like, making it safe and being like, all right, healthy touch, y'all, like, giving yourself that healthy touch, like, like, talking to people, be like, oh, like, asking, be like, would you wash on my back? Would you, like help me, like, gua sha, like, this part of my butt or whatever, like, yeah, it's hard, go it's for hard it. to reach these spots, realize, like, we're all in a body, like, a bo- this, we're all in a body, like, this earth is holding tons of pain, we're also holding tons of pain, like, it's, it's just, it's just there, like, we need to help each other. This, I mean, this just goes right back to another thing, um, where I say if you're not, okay, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. If it's touch that is something, I don't know, due to trauma and that you're not necessarily comfortable with taking that step yet in inviting people into that space and 
giving, yeah, allowing them to be there with you in that way, then I feel that touching yourself is so important, getting to know your own body and kind of breaking down that barrier between you, yeah, yourself. And this is where I was very interested in the way you talked about breast health and cystic breasts Uh and yeah, the, the lumps that we can have in our breast tissue and that I didn't know that it was possible to massage and kind of, yeah, I mean, you, you know, yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hardcore. Like, but it's like, it's just true. It sucks that most people are like more comfortable, like getting like a, a doctor to stick a needle in their boob and like put chemicals in them to like liquefy it and just, just dump it back into their, I don't know, like their lymphatic system. Like, it's just like, okay, like we, like people are just so, cause everyone thinks that everything's cancer. So people are afraid to find anything abnormal, you know? So it's like, people don't even go in and like check it out. Uh, which just is so sad. I think like we need to be safe in our, in our bodies to just, like touch them and say like okay like what's that oh what does it feel like oh it's a little tender like does it change if I like keep working on it a little bit like if I mean things just change so fast if we just give a little attention like our bodies are just like waiting for us to be like oh will you just give will you just do a little checkup will you just check this out like you know it's like we finally like made the time you're like oh yeah here let me let me help you and then it's ah thank you I've been holding this for so long. Um, but yeah, the breast, like there's that work is, it's pretty deep and it's, it's helpful to have a friend. Cause there is like some, if you're, if you are working with a cyst or something like that, like you really want to be like opening up the peripheral lymph around the area first and then just, um, finding the cyst, giving a little pump every day, like softening it, like checking in and be like, all right, how you doing pal? Um, and then eventually, like, you can, you can work it out and secrete it through the nipple. Like, uh, I had a video up on Instagram for, like, a few hours <laughs> of um, me secreting a cyst out of one of my good friend's nipples, like, out in, like, the glorious sunshine of the garden. It was, like, such a relief. It was, like, just so much that was just trapped in there for so long, just being like just a little pocket of inflammation. And it's like, when we don't worry about, like when we don't work those things, like they just get ignored and fester. And like, that's actually something that we do have to worry about eventually, you know? So it's just like, let's just check it out and make sure that it doesn't get to a place where it's something like that's actually concerning. Yeah. It's all about that preventative rather than reactive. Yeah, totally. It's like, Listen to your body when it whispers so you don't have to hear it scream, that little oh, thing. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you obviously have the experience and are trained within these, yeah, within these practices. But with anyone who is hearing this for the first time, has never even really just given themselves a full-on boob massage where do you turn to? Like, is this something you can really do yourself or do you have yeah. to go? Yeah. Don't be shy. Yeah. Don't be shy. It's your body. I like, I don't think 
I, I think people need to trust themselves. Like, they're not, like, it's just your hands touching your body, you know? It's like, how bad are you going to hurt yourself with your hands touching your body? Okay. Like, you're not, you know? You're just not. <laughs> you heard of like, people? Squish on your own boobs. Yeah. Just squish away. Um, if there is something that you find that's, like, a little concerning, I and it's not changing when you're working on it, that's when you want to go and you want to get, like, a thermography test or go see a doctor or something like that. Um, but I think that for exploration, like, that's going to be that's going to that's going to be the thing that actually keeps you safe is exploring your own body. This I think this just goes right back to so many people due to where we are in terms of health and the complete lack of awareness that we have surrounding food, movement, nourishment and just just as you said, just being in our body, it just the experience of actually having this physical vessel and having we, fun with it. Yeah. Like, it should be really fun. It should. <laughs> it's sensational. Like... I mean, it'll be shitty, too. Yeah. But usually if it's shitty, that's because there's a bunch of shit in there that we need to do some animals for. Yeah. <laughs> but and, your body's telling you what's up. And just, like, getting to a place where we no longer have to relate touch or our physical human body with the term of betrayal, I feel so many people touch is so, yeah, it's, it's, it's because it's an aspect that has been by tr- betrayed by so many. We've given yeah. that power to people and it's, it's had a negative outcome and therefore like we have this consequence of like the backlash and then just being in our body, there's just, we feel betrayed by our own bodies, but we don't have the proper tools or knowledge to take care of ourselves in the first place. So yeah, we need we need we need to have more fun. Yeah, we're just like we need to have fun. We need to just not really also like also not see our bodies as like so separate from our world. You know, like just look at like the plant in your backyard and be like, oh, is it getting what it needs? Like it's gonna it's 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 serving this function in the in the garden. Like, and we all serve our own functions in the in like in the garden like it's it's really just like getting being willing to like get into the dirt you know like dig earth dig it <laughs> dig it's groovy it. here <laughs> going back to the psoas muscle and just the whole entire just generally supporting the body's natural movement patterns because our way of life bottom line does not do that um it's at complete odds with the body's natural disposition. So have you, what, have you found that even in, in, in the way our clothing is made, I just feel like I know it's, it's wrong. Like I don't even want to think about what the shoes, what our shoes are doing, but have you kind of consciously implemented a fashion style, like a fashion sense or are there, <laughs> is there, are there brands that you're aware of that manufacture garments with this kind of ethos in mind like how do you do that well it's funny i i have a pair i i got this pair of silk pants in chinatown for a dollar and i love them i bought like 10 15 pairs of them um (laughs) i'm just really into my loosey goosey elastic waistband (laughs) woo woo kind of elementary school teacher style i don't know (laughs) i'm really all about just like thrifting stuff just 
putting something on and being like, ooh, does this feel good to my body? Can I move in this? Like, can I just drop down into a child's pose whenever I need to kind of a thing? You know, seeing the just how far you can take your, your clothes, you know? I feel like a good basis is how far can I just just stretch, stretch. in this? Yeah. Yeah, stretch it. Um, I love natural fibers, too. Like, I love, I love just loose-fitting natural fibers because um, I want my skin to breathe, and I want, like, I want to be able to move. I just... You know, I'll try and put on, like, a, an outfit that's, like, cute, <laughs> like, theoretically cute, and then I'll, like, just feel so constricted. I'm, like, I don't feel cute right now. I feel constricted, <laughs> you know? Sometimes it can feel cute to feel constricted, but it's, like, make a choice that that's what you're doing, and, like, maybe you're wearing something tight in a certain area of your body because you want to bring awareness to that body, that part of your body, you know? Yeah, just be nice to you. I freaked when I saw one of your images and I'm like, well, is this, is this like the actual toxins in the fluid that has just been drawn out of the <laughs> eye? And then it was the lukewarm ghee and I researched more into it and I was like, okay, okay, okay. But yeah, what I just want to know how you were introduced to this. It seems so otherworldly. This is something that even, even people in my close friends group, friend groups who do very much practice a balanced lifestyle. This is still very woo-woo to them. So yeah, it's wild. Yeah, what was your initial <laughs> experience with this like? Um, well, it's uh, it's it's a traditional Ayurvedic treatment. Um, I uh, I was introduced to it by my teacher. Um, it it's a treatment that saturates the ten cranial nerves behind the eyeball to deeply nourish and soothe the nervous system. Uh, there's some, like, energetic uh, things that it does, too, for the person, you know, uh, the eyes are seen as, like, the seat of fire, as, like, um, the, their, as in the way that they receive light um, and image. And so them being like the the windows into the person uh there's just so many the so many images that pass through that gateway and i think a lot of the time gets stuck stuck in our mind so the netravasti is you know and in, in the form of trauma and then our nervous system reacts because like we see these things our cranial nerves are right back there which are governing our like our nervous system responses um so with the, with the ghee, I use a rose-infused ghee, too, um, which, you know, just beautiful qualities of the rose. Like, it's got this, like, protective thing and the soft with the thorns and then the softness with the petals and, like, that's um, really astringency. It's, like, traditionally, it's been used to clean the eyes for forever. So, and then the ghee is, like, really just, like, deeply, like, penetrating, like, nourishing, like, so, like, hydrating. Um so the combination is really nice, but with the Netrabasi, we're doing like a, a dough dam, whole wheat flour, like a little donut around the eye, and filling it with this warm rose ghee, and then the person opens their eye in the water or in the ghee, and looks around, does some big stretches with their eye, 
Uh, it just allows the ghee to just totally, like, they just drink it in through their eyes. And I see, like, tons of stuff comes, comes out of people's eyes, like bubbles and mucus and grit. My friend, a feather came out of my friend's eye the other day, which is really funny. I'm like, oh, I always knew you were a real angel. <laughs> um, somebody came to me, and they were, like, from pretty far away, and they are like, I just knew I needed this treatment. And then they are like, a bunch of cat hair came out of their eyes. Oh, dang. Like, you, you knew. Hairball. <laughs> You know, and then, you know, there's after that, like people, you just feel like a newborn. Your nervous system has just got this like reset button. You feel like you've just been like swaddled and just warm nourishment. It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) It's hard for me to talk about right now because I'm getting like transported back to like being in that gold, looking in through that golden light. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful stuff. Like. Especially if for people that are like have, having like holding patterns with trauma or like witnessed like traumatic uh, things to just get the the reset nourishment and like just the satiation because those nerves are kind of like when they're not satiated or covered they're a little electrical cord that doesn't have the rubber around it just like sparking like making a little fire like it's so uncomfortable in our bodies. It's essentially treating one of the five senses, yeah. and it actually in this case it works very much like somatic body work, where it works on say the biopsychosocial spiritual state with regards to the information that we're assimilating via the senses. And have you found that there are any other forms of treatment that specifically target a sense like naturopathy? Hmm. Not that I know right now. I mean, I'd be curious to learn. <laughs> I'm always curious to learn. Netrobosti is just, and it smells so good too. Like you get like, you feel like you're, I don't know, you feel like a cookie or something. Oh. <laughs> like, you're just like, it's, it's like, there's some real sweetness to it too. So it's like going through like working this stuff, it brings some like real real tenderness and literal sweetness to to our visions you know and when what was the first time that you did this yourself um like where I received it yeah um when I was doing the uh, clinical Ayurvedic program in uh, Sebastopol at the Diana Center my friend Madeline gave me my first naturopathy who does full moon folk medicine she's an amazing herbalist and what did that bring up for you if you don't mind me asking well it was interesting because I was in such a different place like I don't know if I was really like open um in the way that I am now to like have understanding for what it was doing for me but I remember we were in a class of like about 30 people and we're all doing netrobosties on each other and I had the most crap come out of my eyes in the whole class, so I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I mean, a whole class just going through that? I, yeah, it was beautiful. That's a lot of newborn baby feels and baked cookies. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, it was a pretty, like, mushy, like, lovey time. <laughs> um. Okay, well, I mean, we're, we're closing out. Um... And I kind of want to do a 
a little quick rapid uh, fire question question to yeah. towards the end. Um, but before that, I, <laughs> I do want to ask um, just what like your immediate go-tos would be in terms of an intentional ritual for people who are just looking to cut through all the bullshit, like all the external noise. I feel like the wellness industry, it, that, yeah, in quotation marks, the wellness industry, it's, it's given us back as to an extent the acknowledgement of one's health, but also it's definitely robbing us of our health. Like there's just so many products, there's so much noise. And so cutting through all of that, what would your advice be? Um, well, just so you said a ritual to cut through the bullshit, I think, um, I'm a huge fan of enemas personally. Um, I don't like coffee enemas. I don't like them. I think it's like too much like rancid oil in the colon, not down. Um, I love seaweed. I love seaweed. I love ocean medicine. I love seaweed. Um, but I feel like we need to stop starving ourselves we need to we need to eat we need to eat like five meals a day <laughs> and I can get behind that you know like I'm into hobbit style like two breakfasts like embody your magic type um like <laughs> uh I think that like there is like so much like we have like so much chronic dehydration as a society we really all just need to focus on getting hydrated deep like really deeply hydrated spring is the perfect time for that because it's time to cleanse but first we need to really hydrate before any cleansing can happen like y'all need to just knock off all this cleansing depleting depleting everybody we're already like running ourselves dry working too much and like everyone's like I feel like a way to, like, radically, like, face some fear, like, I think the colon is the organ of fear, too, so it's, like, an anxiety, like, so we can face some fear, hydrate our intestines deeply, like, uh, slough out all this, like, dried up intestinal plaque, like, that's the bullshit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Quite literally. Like, quite literally, like, um, and I think that it's just, like, I think it's, like, a, a really, like, it's a really safe way to cleanse, you know, um, where we're not going to be depleting ourselves further, and, you know, we're just adding minerals and hydration and vitality to um, our gut, you know, that's our seat of health, right there. So, in terms of hydration, I feel like a lot of people are going to think of, okay, I'm just going to drink a crap ton of water, um, but whole foods as well like what hydrating foods would you recommend well you can like look at a food and see if it's more hydrating like you can see like the roots like if you think about like the structure of a plant and the way that it grows the roots are the part that hold all the water right and then the the stems too they shoot they they help the water to travel up to the leaves um so you can think about like just what parts of the plant are you cooking like how are you cooking it like you want to you want to hydrate deeply, like, let's cook, like, a root stew, you know, like, let's, like, really, like, sit in our root, um, I think, like, you can see if something is wet, like, bok choy is, like, really, it's got, like, some, some real, like, wetness to it, like, I think, yeah, really, like, trusting your powers of observation, like, 
and trusting trusting our guts you know like i love the name of your podcast like um you don't need to i mean it's it's great to read like and to to feel inspired and curious about like everybody's different health perspectives and stuff but like um trust the primary witness which is you yes yes i love that without our guts we have no glory (laughs) yeah there you go completely and where do you want to currently allocate more care to with regards to your own body? Well, I mean, I'm about to go on this, like, uh, three-day healing journey with my teacher. So I'm sure I'm going to gain tons of insight uh, through that process. But just in the process of preparing for it, I'm just noticing, like, you know, I thought I was taking – I thought I was hydrating myself, like – but – it's just, it's so deep, you know, like we just really like sitting in that nourishment, like consistency, you know, like I also work with horses and I just think that like just being like consistent and like setting, making it almost like a little trap for yourself to like fall into your self care. Like, (laughs) um, yeah, like, and you know, sometimes not like, skimping because it's like oh like it's a little expensive like I it's a little expensive right now for me to get the better food like I'll eat the crappier stuff and then it's like well now we're in a fucking now we're in a dang health crisis and we have to pay all this money to get ourselves back on track but probably could have just avoided that by just eating what we knew it was good for us in the first place yeah (laughs) honoring honoring that truth and so for those who say, you know, it's, it's, I feel like there's the argument of, oh, I don't have a lot. Um, I don't come from a privileged background. I don't know necessarily where to turn to in terms of like, like, I can't go to Whole Foods. So you were telling me this, but what, what's, what's a meal then? What's just a simple basic meal that well, I can it's make It's interesting because, yeah, when you're eating this way, it's actually a lot cheaper. <laughs> you know, like just takes a little bit of like, preparation which is honestly the hard part is like just looking out for yourself like that and like sort of gazing into the future um oh the sunday meal prep is real (laughs) it's super real um but you know like i'm all about the bulk section i don't i'm not into like fad foods at all like i'm really into just like old like kind of traditional style foods um and so much of that, it's, like, to get to get it the real way, like, it just takes, it takes a little time, it takes a little preparation, but ultimately it is so much cheaper, you know, and then you save yourself from being in a situation where you're, like, oh, I'm running around, my, like, town, like, running errands, or I'm at work or whatever, and I need to go to a restaurant to buy food, and then it's, like, you're eating something that's, like, made with a bunch of table salt and cooked oil, and it's not made by somebody that's getting not getting paid enough money so they're really stressed out while they're making it you're absorbing like all that energy and like all the stuff that's not even good for you and you paid more money for it than you would have paid if you were just planning a little bit so for me i'm like okay this planning's like just you know i thought i was on it before but i'm like i'm just getting to like a whole new level of like just having this be organized so that it's like just kind of a no-brainer yeah, and even they're touching on 
the intention with what your food has been made with. Like what energy you are absorbing and that, that right there is just so key. And sitting down and intentionally being there when you're chewing as well. Just chew that to mulch before you swallow it. Yeah, my teacher says chew your food 108 times. He also says chew your water 108 times. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, I mean, I'm definitely a smoothie chewer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crucial. Um, I don't know. Also, I'm really into just warm cooked food, warm cooked food. Yep. That's my, that's my, I always just trying to teach, tell my clients, like, I'm, you know, some people I think raw is good sometimes, but kind of rarely. <laughs> it's, it's so much easier to digest as well. Yeah, it really is. And it just like, it feels good. It feels like, ah, I'm home. I'm eating warm. You know, I'm going to make it through the cold night. <laughs> a baked yam, nothing beats a, just a baked yam. It's like a hug. It's just a hug. Yeah, it really is. It is like a hug. That is a great way to put it. <laughs> okay, and so your so your craziest wellness experience, what has that been? Hmm, my craziest wellness experience. I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> I feel like you could look at the spectrum of, you know, the very bougie, bougie wellness, um, which may not have a lot of substance to it, but at the time you know, it looked fun, it was, it was a quirk to do, or something that was just crazy emotional, like, whichever, whichever one you relate to the most. Hmm, well, I feel like every experience is, like, it's, it's all just kind of one, you know what I mean, like, I, it's like, it's just, it's all just informing, it's like, if I had a negative experience, and I'm like, oh, well, that's not really my medicine, so it's actually, like, a positive experience, because I learned, like, that wasn't the thing for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, like, I mean, there's just been so much crazy stuff that's happened, like, I interned in the clinic at uh, the Ayurvedic school that uh, I went to, and I just, there's just so much crazy stuff that happens in that clinic, like, in the Panchakarmas, like, people, like, people, like, puke up tapeworms and stuff. Oh, my. You know? It's, like, it's hardcore. But it's, like, for me, it's nothing, because my grandma, like, I, she worked for this dermatologist in Beverly Hills when I was a kid, and so she just always come home with, like, horror stories all the time of people with, like, cysts with spiders coming out of them and stuff, so I'm, like, this is just what happens to people. <laughs> adventure I don't know is that I mean I'm gonna tell you there's crazy you asked about crazy stuff yeah you know just crazy stuff your favorite product oh wow um what my favorite product well, we, we can go uh, plural <clears throat> well it's it's kind of interesting like well I like um I don't know like I'm I'm kind of like I don't know if I'm, like, really a product person so much. I guess I, like, um, natural call magnesium. I'll do a product placement for them. <laughs> I don't know. Like, okay, we'll take um, it. I really like my friend's medicine that they make. My friend uh, Laura is an amazing herbalist, and uh, all of her tinctures just taste so delicious, and she just, like, makes them with some real integrity. And also my friend Madeline, um, who has a studio in the same building as me, um, she makes some really beautiful medicine. 
Uh, and I feel really happy whenever I get to take that or share it with my clients. So I don't know, talk to your, talk to your local herbalists and see what they're working with and talk to your, talk to your local plants and see what they have to say. And that leads to your (laughs) ingredients, um, or specific plants or herbs. Um, I love Tulsi. Tulsi's like a hug too. Um, I love uh, spikenard or jatamansi. Um, rose. Rose will always be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, just so sweet. Hawthorne. I'm a big. I'm a big like heart medicine person. Like, and I just you know I love I love warming spices too. I love to be warm, warm and open. <laughs> yeah, you love to be warm. I know. I'm like so like. It's funny because I have so much fire, but in my life, my uh, my present constitution, it's, like, a little cold. So I'm, like, always trying to just get back to, like, all right, you're a fire person. Let's, 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 uh, let's let it shine. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of um, Calcifer. I don't know if you're familiar with Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, yeah, totally. And Calcifer and so Halsey right? Castle, yeah. It's such a, I feel like that's, like, a really, um good representation of like yes. uh fire because i think fire gets kind of a bad rap i mean just over here too like in california we're just dealing with all the forest fires and stuff and it's like fire is supposed to play a positive role in the landscape if it's you know treated with respect just like calcifer if you could give an example of a time in your life where it was guts versus logic and you went with your gut Hmm. Well, I think going with your gut is the most logical option. I don't know. <laughs> um, let me, let's see if I can think of a real answer for that one. Um, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not a very logical person. <laughs> you know, I think I am, like, when it comes to, like, getting down to be, like, when I'm on someone's pulse and I'm like, all right, this is telling me it could be this way, it could be that way. Um, but... I don't know, like, I really just, I, I'm, I feel like I really just gravitate more to being on, like, the side of the absurd, (laughs) and, like, uh, just, like, entertaining absurdity is, I think, what's really allowed me to be me. (laughs) That's the name of the episode, Entertaining Absurdity. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) and there's one thing i'm really interested in knowing though have you seen this translate into a business like business wise like yeah yeah right yeah (laughs) yeah right how does that work yeah how does that work i don't know you tell me (laughs) (laughs) um it just works it's just like people need the medicine and then i show up for them (laughs) and then they show up for themselves Wow. Yeah, and then, you know, we just have agreements, and, like, it's it's really exciting to see what happens when people start working this stuff. Guts and Glory signing off. This is Winky Moon. This was Entertaining the Absurdity with Winky Moon. Refer to the show notes to further get to know our guest. Share your thoughts and show us some love by subscribing or again, to be featured on the podcast.
released every other Monday. Thanks for lending us an ear. Passing on the mic.